When it comes to saving you money on tires, nobody does it better than Big O Tires. Like saving you up to $120 on select sets of Goodyear, Yokohama, Pirelli, and Continental tires now through November 3rd. That's $70 off instantly, plus up to $50 back by mail-in rebate when you purchase using your Big O Tires card. Hurry into Big O Tires and see how much you can save. Big O Tires, the team you trust. For the location nearest you, go to BigOtires.com. The Chiefs fell to the Green Bay Packers 31-24 on Sunday Night Football. And we're here to talk about it on Sportsbeat KC, presented by Big O Tires. There's a lot to discuss, from injuries to Matt Moore's first start to Andy Reid's decision to punt on fourth and three. We go over all of it with Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, and Sam Mellinger. It started as a Facebook Live after the game. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks to Leah Becerra for putting it together and to Beth Welsh, who produced the Facebook Live. And we'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Welcome to Red Zone Extra Facebook.com. Red Zone Extra Facebook Live on Facebook.com. It's Close late. Enough. It's late. <laughs> it's already Monday. That's Herbie Teope. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and soon we'll be joined by the, uh, the crew, uh, Sam Mellinger, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, to discuss the Chiefs' 31-24 loss to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football. Herbie, uh, I said this before the game, and I, th- I, think, uh, I think I'm right about this. Uh, I thought that with six starters out for the Chiefs, six starters, and we'll list them here in a second, it's, it's the, the most injury-affected Chiefs game I can remember. Uh, covered them for five years, and you covered them, Andy Reid's first couple of years and even before that. But to, lo- to have as many starters out as the Chiefs had, um, they kind of hung with the Packers, a 6-1 and one team, one of the better teams that the, that, that's on their schedule. But they just didn't have enough in the end, did they? And you're absolutely correct, Larry, because I, I think a lot of us, and I think like fans who were realistic with themselves, when you saw the list of inactives, especially when you got, you're out Patrick Mahomes, Frank Clark, I know you want to go to the list, but I want to name him anyway, Chris Jones, Eric Fisher, Andrew Wiley, Kendall Fuller, those are your six starters who did not play tonight. And you looked at this game, and on Friday, I think a lot of us have said, there's no way in the world the Chiefs are going to win this game. But they almost did, and I think that's, that's, that's the biggest takeaway for me from this game was the fact that they were competitive against a Packers team that was on a roll. I mean, they entered this game at 6-1, and one, but it was impressive that they were able to hang uh, with, the pa- with the Packers here at Arrowhead Stadium. I think but one, one alarming trend is starting to materialize, though. This is the third straight home loss that the Chiefs have suffered here at Arrowhead Stadium, and now you got to wonder, is there such a thing as, as home field <laughs> advantage now? One and three at home this year, four and zero oh on the road, and if you if you uh, include last season, they're three and five in their last eight games at Arrowhead. Which I, I imagine um, the three game losing streak has to be the longest in the in the Reed era. They've never had a season at home with I don't think three losses. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that, but it really is a little unusual. Now, of course, the circumstances were different tonight because of the injuries, as we said, and the big one. To Patrick Mahomes, um, he 
did not start a game for the first time since becoming a starter. That final game of the 2017 season was his, you know, he had to start against Denver, didn't start the playoff game the next week. But starting with game one in 2018, he's been the chief starter, did not start today because of the knee injury he suffered in Denver back a week ago Thursday. Matt Moore was his replacement, but even Matt Moore was not with the Chiefs in training camp. He was a post-training camp signee, and I didn't know, I really didn't know what to expect. I did, I did think that the Chiefs would have, a, and Andy Reid would script a pretty good game plan for him, and, and I thought that they did that. He was a little bit rusty early, he knocked that off, and uh, of course he played, you know, two and a half quarters against Denver nine days ago. How do you think Matt Moore did in his start? I will say this, Blair. The first two series, I was a little concerned. Yeah. I felt like they needed to settle him down in a hurry. They opened the game up with a couple of runs, a couple of nice runs. But then when he started throwing the ball, some of his throws were sailing high. Uh, one to Tyreek Hill over on the left sideline, and the one that stands out to me was the one to the right sideline. I believe it was to Sammy Watkins. But he quickly settled down after that. And I think the Chiefs got him into a nice rhythm with some short and intermediate throws. And once he started picking that up, that I, it, it almost reminded me of Alex Smith out there. You know, the short dink and dunks, and they weren't taking all the long shots down the field, but it got him settled down. And, and I talked to Austin Reeder after the game, and he basically said, yeah, you know, one thing that stood out to him as a center was you do take into account that Matt Moore was coaching high school football this summer, but now all of a sudden he's thrust into the starting role, and he did well for what was expected of him. I, I thought he did. I thought he performed well. You got to remember, they went blow to blow with this Packers team, blow to blow, and a lot of it was because of the play of Matt Moore and also the defense. They and look, a, a Packers team that needed two—I don't miracles—not the right word, but two Hall of Fame throws by a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, one that got him in scoring position in the first half, and the other that was the touchdown that gave him a 24-17 to lead uh, uh, where he was all but sacked. And I don't know if he saw the completion of the, of the, of the pass in the end zone, but it was an, Andy Reid called it a Hall of Fame, you know, throw by a Hall of, future Hall of Fame quarterback. The, um, you mentioned a game management type of game for Matt Moore a la Alex Smith. I thought he had a very Alex Smith number, 24-36 uh, for, what, 267 or something like that? Yes. How, that is so Alex Smithian, right? A couple of touchdowns, no interceptions. Alex Smith didn't make mistakes. But Alex Smith, um, is, is this a game that Smith would have won? I don't know. It's hard to say. The Green Bay's a really good team. Um, but Sam McDowell joins us, and you um, you wrote about uh, Matt Moore. Wrote about the quarterback. Yes. So you heard from him after the game, and you heard Andy Reid talk about him, talked to some teammates. Um, Herbie and I have given a breakdown. What did you think of Matt Moore tonight? I thought he was better than expected um, for a guy that hadn't played an NFL game. I mean, I guess he played a little bit last week, but hadn't started an NFL game in 23 months. And um, I think I turned to Herbie at one point and, and said, why wasn't this guy on a roster already? Not, not as a starter, but as a backup. You know, I mean, that's a guy that you don't mind having to trot out there in a situation like this, you could certainly have worse situations, I thought. Started a little bit shaky, and I think he even acknowledged that nerves were there. So right. I, I thought you could sense that in the first couple drives. I think he had negative one yards through two drives. <laughs> negative and, two. <laughs> yeah. Negative two. But you did start to, to worry a little bit, like, how bad could this get? 
and then he settled into the game. And I thought a, a large chunk of that, and I'm sure Herbie's already mentioned this because he, he said it during the press box in the press box, but a large chunk of that were the plays they were calling for him to help him settle into the game. And you mentioned Alex Smith. I thought even a little bit more conservative than that. And I don't mean in creativity conservative. I mean short throws, just easy completion throws because they, they got creative tonight in the playbook. They did. Well, um, both touchdowns really were, were, were creative plays. Yeah. Absolutely. But he, but not that – the only difficulty on the Kelsey throw was he had somebody in his face. And that's something else that – And um, had to get rid of it sooner than he would have wanted A lot of times to. tonight that happened to him. He had people in his face a lot. And Matt Moore is not afraid to take a hit. And then the other one was the sort of the jet sweep little toss to McCole Hardman yeah. that uh, Hardman has to just... be the absolute shortest in the air pass he's <laughs> ever thrown in his life. All right, so Matt Moore played. We, I, I agree with you, kind of unexpectedly well, or at least above expectations. I thought the defense was okay. I mean, they got to you know they they followed their their eight sack of Flacco game at Denver, nine sacks overall, with a five sack game of Aaron Rodgers. That. That's good stuff. Without Chris Jones and without Frank Clark. Frank Clark, that, that is really good stuff. I, th- I thought the defense was, was good tonight. And I know you look at it and say, oh, 31 points. How can you say the defense was good? Um, but number 12 was the difference. Okay, so, that's, so that was my question. So we established that Matt Moore had a good game. The defense played well. How did the Chiefs lose this game? Why did they lose it? Yeah, number 12 to me. Aaron I mean, Rodgers. He yeah. made a couple of just ridiculous throws that – um, I actually asked Tyron Matthew in the game, you've probably seen that in practice before, but probably not a lot of other times. I mean, that, and Matthew didn't think that Aaron Rodgers was even trying to throw the ball to, um, <laughs> was it Williams? That, that caught the ball in the, in the back corner of the yeah, end yeah, zone? Yeah, yes. I, I think a lot of guys thought he was throwing that ball away. And they showed the, the reaction that Aaron Rodgers had on the, on the TVs, and he looked shocked that that <laughs> ball was complete because he was getting uh, – sacked on on the plays just he's just getting rid of it so he's on the ground he didn't even see it completely he's looking at the jumbotron afterwards for replays of it and i think he's thinking wait a minute how the hell was this seven <laughs> points and for very first drive of the game very similar situation where he made just a miraculous pass a great catch as well but to me he, he was the only reason that the, that the packers won this game mccoy fumble was big um, but, I, but, I, but I thought that Aaron Rodgers was the reason the Packers won tonight. The thing that also impressed me with the, uh, the Chiefs defense was, in addition to the five sacks, they hit Aaron Rodgers 12 times. Yeah. Matched his number 12 times. And when you're hitting a quarterback in the double digits, you are affecting the game. You, I mean, you are affecting his mindset. And there were a couple times where, where Rodgers was scrambling out of the pocket because he felt that pressure coming or he thought the pressure was coming. And that's the kind of game that the Chiefs defense had tonight. You know, this is going to surprise a lot of people, but he doesn't get sacked all that often. Correct. And it's because he's so good at knowing this is the last moment I have to get rid of this football right now. Um, so for him to get sacked five times is, is pretty significant for a defensive line missing the two guys that are required to do that more often than anybody with Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Well, uh, you guys kind of dismissed it quickly, but Kathy Christensen, Jordan Tribe, and Robert Nakel, and myself are in agreement that <laughs> You're the, putting yourself in this, okay. That the LaShawn McCoy fumble was bigger than... Uh, bigger than Aaron Rodgers? Than, than, no, no, okay. no. But, I didn't discount it. <laughs> no, but, but, but a bigger moment in the game that I think... I totally agree that Aaron Rodgers made a couple of plays that are, as, as Andy Reid said, Hall of Fame worthy from a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. But the LaShawn McCoy fumble happened... After the the game was 17 all, mm-hmm. the Chiefs had not lost the momentum of the game yet. I thought it was. I'll tell you what. I, I thought it was. 
the Chiefs had the lead at halftime, 17 unanswered points after falling fourth down, 14 nothing. had the lead at halftime, had the kick to start the second half, didn't do anything with it. Packers ended up getting a field goal, but the Chiefs had the ball. The Chiefs had the ball. Still anybody's game, and, and LaShawn McCoy, who does not have a fumble problem or hasn't had one until this year, according to Andy Reid, has lost a couple of fumbles for the Chiefs, and tonight's I thought was critical. It was just the wrong time to do it. And a veteran player, he does carry the ball kind of loosely at times. Strangle, yeah. He's, he went into a pile with the ball loose and just got slapped out from behind, and the guy who hit it out, Christensen, I think, fell on it for the, uh, for the recovery. And that, was the, and that was the Packers' possession that resulted in the, the second of the Aaron Rodgers crazy yeah. passes. Yeah. So that's, listen, you, here's my point about the fumble. In a game in which you're starting not Patrick Mahomes, your, your greatest weapon, your margin for error is reduced. Yeah. yeah. So Harrison Bucker misses a field goal. Uh, Sammy Watkins drops a pass. Uh, Breland Burchard, Burchard Breland drops, and not drops, but was in a position to make an interception, didn't do it. And then, and then the McCoy fumble. You can't do those things when Patrick Mahomes isn't your quarterback. Yeah, you know? absolutely right. That's, that's how I feel about I, it. I think the McCoy, and I actually mentioned this in my game, and I said in, in the game of the way this game was materializing, it, it boiled down to who was going to make the first glaring mistake. And I, and I think I mentioned LaShawn McCoy accommodated the Packers because of that fumble. And to me, late in the game, when the game is still pretty much in doubt, and then the fumble like that, and the Packers scored five plays later. And that, that, that was... That took away a lot of air in the, in the stadium, and I think a lot of people felt like, oh, boy, here we go. The Chiefs did manage to tie the score again. You know, they, yeah, they, to their they credit, they, they didn't let that get off. to them. They went, back, went down the field and scored, but that was a game changer. Asking a lot of the defense, because they had been on the field, I, I don't know exactly the, the length of that possession that preceded where they only got a field goal out of it, but that was a long possession, their first time getting the ball to open the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So. Was only McCoy fumbled on what the second play of it that was drive? The fir- it was I think it was the first or second play. So for them to have to go immediately yep. back out there, and then you're trying to ask them on a short field, short field. just been yeah. on the field forever, when you felt like they did an adequate job to hold the Packers to the field goal. Now it's hey guys, we're going to need something out- else out of you right now. I just it was a lot to ask of the defense. That, that's when time of possession started to get out of out of hand. It wasn't quite like it was in the home losses to the Colts and the Texans, but it ended up. 33 to, you know, to 26, 33 to 27. I'm sure the, the second half had to be significantly more yeah. because of that. I mean, you only, you only run whatever it was, one or two plays um, over, over a stretch of, and the Packers probably ran about 20 plays during that yeah. stretch. All right, let's talk about another um, critical moment in the game. Vahe is actually writing his column about this, so uh, maybe when Vahe gets here. Should we'll, be filed by Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll get Vahe's opinion, but so – Chiefs are down seven. There's five minutes to go. They do not convert on a third and three from their 40. Maybe you guys uh, you guys can tell me whether Kelsey dropped the ball or whether No, it was great, a- great. We went back and watched a great defensive play. Um, I wish I could remember who it was. I think it was uh, 39. Uh, those of us get so used to, to labeling these guys by numbers. Um, but great defensive play. Timed it perfectly. Didn't I, I didn't think he hit Kelsey early, uh, but he got, he gets his hand in there. And I think uh, the reason that Kelsey's I, I, didn't he say that he felt like he dropped that ball? Yes, yeah, yeah. He so doesn't have, get his hands on that though. Well, Kelsey maybe, maybe he felt like he could have reached out a little bit further to to prevent the guy coming in from behind him. I don't know whether that's why he's classifying that as a mm-hmm. as a 
play that could have been made, but um, I, I credit the defense on that play. Kelsey was pretty hard on himself in the locker room um, after the game. I mean, he, he basically said he was disgusted with the way he played in the fourth quarter. He has to make that play. Uh, and that, that's just Kelsey being the competitive guy that he is. But if Sam, you know, if Sam says he saw on the tape that uh, it was just a good defensive there, play, yeah. you know, that's, it's just a good defensive play. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, so the question, becomes, the question yeah. becomes, should the Chiefs have gone? Yeah, it sets yeah. up fourth and I, three. I, think, I kind of think we should set you up for this because you were in there when Andy explained, because since Vi is not yeah. here, but you were in there when Andy explained, you know, he's got fourth and three, five and a half minutes left. He's got three timeouts. Um, Defense, so the, as we have established, was playing was okay, playing pretty well. But, but maybe a little gas at this yeah, point. Yeah, but they'd pl- been on the field a lot in the second half. Um, it's at what the 39, 40, 40 yard line, the 40. 40 yard line, fourth and three. You felt like you actually, even though that the great defensive play made, you felt like maybe you had a already called a play that proved you could get that. The Packers certainly their weakness. Is defense more than offense? You'd rather have their defense on the field than offense, but um, I, so, I want, I, I'm actually since I wasn't there, I'm actually curious. Well, what Andy it was it was, the, well. it was the first question of Vahe asked it of of Andy, and I'll I'll give Andy credit. He you know basically said essentially it's a coin flip decision. You know he he was playing the percentages. He thought that with five minutes to go and all of his time, like you said, all of his timeouts and the way his defense, he was he was happy with the way his defense played, that they'd get the ball back. But and then they get they get an incredible punt. You know, mm-hmm. they get the punt to the two. Everything goes right. Yes. Yeah, they get the roll right. on the punt and it dies at the two. And um and, and I thought trouble on the first snap when I guess it was was it uh, uh, Aaron um, I think it was Jones in the game at that point. Yeah, okay. Gets eight on first down up the mm-hmm. middle. And I thought, uh oh, you know, yeah. this uh the, at this point the Packers offensive line is beating the Chiefs. Yeah. defense and if that's going to happen on that play and it's going to continue to happen then they're not getting the ball back I, I think we should point out that five for five in the press box I think we all thought they should go for that yeah. that play and not to say that means it's an easy decision certainly when you go for in your own half of the field you feel you feel like with five and a half minutes left if you don't get that the game's probably over at that point but Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw a lot of completions, so I felt like the clock was going to continuously move as soon as you give up the ball, even if you're forcing them to pass. The, the Packers have a lot of plays that are, are safe routes. The one they converted to, to prolong and basically end the game was that, that prime example of that. So um, I just, going, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think going into it, all five of us said, hey, I, I think they should consider going for it here. Listen, um, there were, you've got, you're playing shorthanded on offense. It sounds, it's almost crazy to say with when you have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins back. Yeah. You know, they got him back tonight. And, um, you're missing three linemen at that point. Th- th- that's right, <clears throat> uh, because L- Laurent Duvernay-Tardif had left the yeah. game. But, but I just thought at that moment the Chiefs had a better cho- shot of winning the game, picking up three yards there than they did of sp- stopping Aaron Rodgers, no matter where that drive started. Yeah, yeah. I did too. just did. Yeah. So that's just a, you know, uh, you know I, I don't, but I, again, I think we don't fault Andy Reid for the decision. It was, a, it was a tough call, but you're right. We all, we were all looking, it's, you know, we're, we're playing with other people's chips at this point, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no. um, but, but I agree with you. I mean, I just, I, I think you want the Packers defense on the field, not the Packers offense off the field, on the field. So to me, that's what the decision came, comes down to. Um, I thought Matt Moore was 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 playing pretty well. Um, he hadn't gotten a lot of throws in the second half at that point, and maybe that factors into the decision a little bit. But 
the plays they were kind of, uh, throughout the game that they were having success with were the shorter plays. I didn't think fourth and three scared me all that all that much. Um, I know you're missing three linemen. You're not going to be running the ball anyway at that point. Um, so I, I just I thought the decision at the time was, was to go for it. And not to say that they win this game if they, if they go for it. They still got 60 yards to go. On That's that right. They've got to get in the end zone. And then, they're and not then trying if, to get if you do get in the end zone, you are giving it back to Aaron Rodgers yeah. uh, with, with full with allotment of timeouts <laughs> and, and time on the clock. So yeah. Either situation is not a favorable situation. I, I just thought that the, the least, um, uh, the path of least resistance, I guess you could say, would be to go for it. And if they don't get it there, you know, the Packers are five yards away from Mason Crosby's distance. For sure. And then it's a 10 point, probably a 10 point lead. So, look, this was going to be a tough game anyway. Um, but I, I ended up giving a lot of average to below average grades in the in, in the grade uh, the, the report because once it was established that Moore that, that Matt Moore could play a little bit I just thought okay that you still the Chiefs still have weapons and the Packers don't have a great defense um, the, the Chiefs should be able to to hang with them and I just it's becoming a kind of increasingly frustrating pattern for the Chiefs that uh, they end up with these, set, these really good second quarters and take the lead, and it looks like they've got everything going, and you know, and they give it back. They they can't capitalize on it. They can't. They don't. They don't seize the momentum. They 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 just give it back. Yeah, to to me though, um, not not to entirely disagree or, or agree with that, but I think I if as as a Chiefs fan. You should feel more encouraged by this game than you should have after their two loss, their first two losses this year, and even that Detroit win. I, I thought that there were a lot more positive signs for the future tonight than there were after a lot of these other, after those Colts and Texans games when we wondered how how is this team going to fix some of the issues they have. I didn't think there was a lot of that out there. I didn't, no. I didn't think there was a lot of. Hey, you've got to solve X, Y, and Z, and how the hell are you going to do it? I, I thought there were some pieces to, to really, especially defensively. And I, I thought Steve Spagnola had a really good day. I, I thought they disguised a lot of stuff more than what we saw in the first five or six weeks. They were blitz happy tonight. They were. They yeah, blitzed they on a Hail Mary blitzed tonight. Happy. They yeah. blitzed <laughs> on a Hail Mary tonight. And took him got, by, a second, yeah. got a second sack. Took him by shock. But I, but, but, but I still think that once, once Matt Moore started playing well, I thought the Chiefs should have won the game. I did, because I, I thought, again, I will go back, we repeat it, but the Chiefs were playing good enough defense. Yeah. And uh, I, don't, I don't trust, I don't think the Packers' defense is great. I, I just, um, not, not taking advantage of having the ball first in the second half and LaShawn yeah. McCoy's fumble, I, I just thought were, were killers. All right, Sam Mellinger is here. What's up, guys? Hey, What's Sam. What's going on, Sam? How you doing? Um, what'd you write? Um... Two things, basically. The first is, um, and <laughs> an assist from Stockton over here, um, you, you articulated in a way that was just clearer in my, than, than what was in my head about, um, there were so many injuries. Like, I, it, for, I, I'm not saying this as an excuse for why they lost, um, but more as just a declaration of, of how different the team that, the Chiefs think is good enough to be in the Super Bowl. How different that team is than the one tonight. This is a team, and there's no moral victories in the NFL, especially for teams that think they're in the Super Bowl, right? But um, if this was the Chiefs, if this was the 2019 Chiefs with with Matt Moore and and, and everybody else, 
nobody would take them seriously as a Super Bowl contender. So there's that. It's just a. It's just hard to know what we're judging. The second thing is, um, I thought the defense. I agree with everything. I thought Steve Spagnuolo had a great day, um, and this is two weeks in a row. Uh, I'm curious about when, when the numbers come out of you know like Pro Football Focus that charts it, but this is two weeks in a row that they've seemed to blitz the holy hell out of the opposition. And it's one thing to do that against a statue like Joe Flacco, but yeah. Aaron Rodgers can move yeah. a little bit. And I didn't know if they were going to – and they, they got burned some on that stuff. But I, I, I think, you know, we expected at this point in the season for the coaches to know the personnel a little bit better, the personnel to know the coaches a little bit better, and this thing start to get some traction. I think maybe it's possible that the last two weeks we've seen that. Now, the other thing, the linebackers are pretty bad. Um, and, and that is right now, to me anyway, um, the likeliest potential fatal flaw because they can't cover. And, and that's, that's an out, you know, for teams. And, and forget about that. They've gotten a little bit better against the run, uh, but that's still a problem in the past. The, the double move, um, they got Hitchens, and then another little screen, there was a quick hit. There was a pro football focus number. I don't know if you guys saw this or have talked about it already, but Rodgers was 11 for 11 for 183, I think, yards yeah. when throwing against Hitchens, um, Damian Wilson, and Ben Neiman. Wow. That wow. strikes me as good. I'm not a coach, but that strikes <laughs> me as, uh, as actually some good coaching. That is what you want. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, and recognition on Aaron Rodgers' part. Totally. Well. And, and the, the two big plays, the 67-yard touchdown, and then before that the 50-yard was a touchdown called back. Um, those were both empty sets, like five wide, where it looked like the play design was specifically to get Aaron Jones against against Anthony. And now look, Aaron Jones is, is a really good, that's his thing. <laughs> you know, he, he's really good out of the backfield. Um, you know, who else is really good out of the backfield is James White, who, who plays for the Patriots. I mean, th- th- there's some stuff that the Chiefs are going to run into that uh, is going to be a problem if they don't figure out a way to, to fix this. Yeah. Which was yeah, interesting that, on that. That was interesting on that personnel, though, because they did run five wide a lot tonight with the running back as one of the as five the wide. Yeah. And you wondered if that was to get a linebacker on the field, seeing the personnel, and then all of a sudden they were still having empty backfield sets. Yep. So basically we're back to square one again where they stopped the run last week against Denver, where they, but they had that four-game stretch with issues against running backs. Yeah. They have an issue tonight with Aaron Jones. Now they get the run-happy Minnesota Vikings next week, so that's gonna—you know—you gotta, you got to hunker down here in the next yeah. couple of days because they've got two the studs. Yes, they do. <laughs> they've got two studs. Um, Mike Pinnell played tonight. Mm-hmm. I, um, I must confess that uh, when I saw the depth chart and saw Mike Pinnell on the depth chart, I thought, hmm, hmm. But they had to play him tonight because. At one point, they were, uh, because of Okafor's injury and who else got hurt uh, inside, but, um, but they were down to their only, uh, I mean, every, every available body played for the Chiefs tonight. There was no substitution at, at tackle and at, at end at, at one point tonight. And, and as you mentioned, three offensive line starters by the end of the game, they're down yeah. to what Schwartz and, and Austin Ryder as the only yeah. starters on the offense. And at line. one point, when Breland was out, they were down to three cornerbacks. Three corner. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, yeah. Injuries keep hitting the that, team. That actually made the defensive line's performance even better. I mm-hmm. thought where those guys weren't 100%. getting a lot of breaks. No, they weren't. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, I, I think Colin Saunders had a good game tonight. He got his first sack yeah. and, and played well. And Derek Nadi, I thought, played okay. And um, uh, but. Some of that pressure, I'm sorry to interrupt, but some of that pressure um, 
we need to give credit to the secondary. Um, yeah. Especially, and, and he gets he, he beat his guy with a nice spin and everything, but uh, passing your sack. Had a lot of time to do it. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they've been covering. I mean, secondary was great tonight. They've been I mean, really especially good. You, you just listed that yeah. stat. They gave up 186 yards to, to the running backs, and Rodgers throws for 305. Yeah. So they've been really good. 120 to, to yeah. guys that your secondary is covering. You'll take that every I week. Feel, I feel like the secondary has steadily gotten better each week. Traverius um, Ward had a great pass breakup tonight. Yeah, he did. The down, down the left side. Yeah, yep. the sideline. Um, and, and with more blitzing, I mean, that obviously makes your secondary's job more difficult the more numbers that, that, that you're bringing. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, maybe that's why they're blitzing more, too, though. Maybe, maybe he, he sees some improvement out of the secondary and feels like he doesn't need to leave quite as uh -huh. many guys back. So let, let's, uh, let's talk about the status of some of these guys. Um, with the trade deadline on Tuesday, was it Tuesday? Yeah, it's it Tuesday, Tuesday, right? It's after, after Monday Night Football. Um, you know, do the, do the Chiefs feel good about the you know the prospect of you know Andrew Wiley, Kendall Fuller, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Eric Fisher, and Mahomes returning soon so soon that they, they don't need the you know they don't need to, to, the additions or um, and if they if they do if they are looking where are they looking and what what might they be looking at what do you think I think it's, if I'm making a move it's, it's either a cornerback. I mean, there are some pretty big names out there, and we, and we do know at the, since the start of the season, before they went elsewhere, Minka Fitzpatrick was linked to the Chiefs. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was linked to the Chiefs. So who's to say that they're, they're still not looking for some defensive secondary help? But it, if anything, I, I think a linebacker has to at least be on the menu, or at least be considered. Uh, I don't know if there's any linebackers around the NFL that you'd be willing to make a trade for because you, when you make a trade, you're looking for an impact guy. And I, and I think across the league, I don't see the Panthers trading Luke Keekley anytime soon or somebody of that nature. But no, no, I don't either. A lot of a lot of our um, audience has suggested uh, or have wondered um, why Dorian O'Daniel doesn't get more of an opportunity. <laughs> Me too. In I, I think I didn't think Ben Neiman had a great night, and I wonder if O'Daniel's going to have more of an opportunity moving forward based on what we saw out of Ben Neiman tonight. But it doesn't surprise me, though, because I think a lot of us, is because we've covered the National Football League for a while, but most times when you have that young linebacker, where do they start out? On, on special teams, yeah. because special teams helps these young linebackers transition from college and even uh, cornerbacks and even sometimes running backs to learn to think fast. And that's what you got to have yeah. out there. If you're going to play linebacker every down, you have to be able to think fast. And the young players learn to do that on special teams, and that's where we're seeing O'Daniel a lot. But you also have to, to get... To get the to get the greatest value, you've got to play the young guys early too. I mean, you could, they've got to be on the field, and sometimes you know, baptism by fire with some of these guys. And you know, O'Daniel, he, he just for whatever reason can't get on the field um, at linebacker. I I agree. I I, I, did, I saw Neiman kind of a step slow tonight. Yeah, and, and um, he's the he's their coverage guy. Yeah. I mean, they yep. bring him in on on coverage packages. Uh, we've talked about this before, but I, I liked O'Daniel last year. I thought he showed some flashes of, of playmaking ability, and mm -hmm. it surprises me his role within the defense has been as limited as it has been. There was a point last season where he started playing, and there was, I mean, he wasn't like a fix-it, you know, he wasn't the complete solution, but they had this problem. They've had this problem for most of the last three years of covering running backs in, in the passing game, and then he helped. In that city, you know that that was a help for them last year. And I assume that it's 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 more 
of what you were just talking about, about thinking fast. I assume that it's the transition to a new defense and maybe that's been a struggle. That's that's the best solution that I, or the best explanation that I can have, but they, they might have to let him make some mistakes, you know, make some plays and make some mistakes. What'd you think of the fourth and three? Uh, punting? Yeah. Hated it. Yeah, I mean, and, and there was another one earlier in the game um, that I didn't like either. I just... Um, I, listen, I, I thought on their first possession when it was fourth and inches, fourth yeah, and inches that's the I, one. I thought, yeah, well, yep. right now, yep. establish that you trust your offense and your quarterback and you're, you're better than their defense and you're just yep. sneaking. I, I doubt this would factor in. Did you just in, say quarterback that's sneak? That's what I was going to say. You've got a quarterback sneak. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Yes, yes, quarterback yes. sneak is the best play call there. <laughs> yeah. so. I just, um, I look, like, um, I like numbers. I like, you know, <laughs> The, the metrics and everything, yeah, and <laughs> and the numbers say that you should go, that you should go for it. A lot more. John Harbaugh's about the only guy that yeah. seems to it, back up what the what the numbers yeah, are, or, or go with what the numbers are, are suggesting. And that's weird to me in 2019. I agree. That when 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 coaches when and not just coaches but entire football operations are spending countless hours and tons of money to find every little edge, and here's one. Yeah. And, there, you, there know, were a, you know, not to, to harp on another one, but the, the way they called their timeouts at the end of the game, I actually thought cost them a timeout as well. Yeah. They called timeout with 2.50 left, and you've got, you're already going to have to run another play for the Green Bay Packers. And so when the Chiefs called timeout, I didn't feel like they were adding another play to the equation. And maybe there's 40 seconds left at the end of the game if they played that a little bit differently. Yeah. Okay, Herbie, we'll let you answer this uh, from Chris Clatterbuck. <laughs> Herbie, rock and purple because of the K-State-Oklahoma game? Absolutely, yes. E-maw. E-maw, baby. <laughs> you too? Is this purple? I thought it was more pink than purple. but It looks purple. I, was, I, I made that, a comment. But it happy, looks purple. Happy for the fight in E-maws. Um, and KU and the Rock Chalks and uh, not so much the Tigers. Um, not so happy about the Tigers. But uh, um, All right, so where do they go from here? I mean, what's the expectation of... Um, did, you, you said it earlier, Sam. Um, you, you, there's part of you is encouraged by kind of what you saw tonight. Yeah, I, I, if Matt Morris has started another game, I feel better about it than I did yes. going into this game. I, 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 I think that's that. what I meant by I, I think it, Chiefs fans should be encouraged by what they saw is they should feel better going in, up against the Minnesota Vikings now than they would have yesterday. One thing kind of along that, um, along that point is Patrick Mahomes is, is such an outrageous talent that he sort of just overshadows everything else. But with your essentially third-string quarterback uh, that you brought in on August 30th or whatever the date was, uh, it's a little bit of a reminder that Andy Reid, he yeah, still got sure. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he, he can dial some stuff up. Um, it, it's, it's just a reminder that underneath this, again, outrageous talent that they have a quarterback when he's healthy, you know, they, they've got some infrastructure uh, to, to support that. I think of also, if anything, Matt Moore's performance tonight shows that you don't have to rush Chad Henney back into action yep. either. I, I think Moore can handle this offense, and what impressed me the most was he was able – he didn't let the game get too big after those first two bad series. Yeah. He settled down. He really and did. That's, yeah. that's the sign of a veteran, and, and you need that kind of presence back there. That's a good point yeah. about Chad Henney. He also – like I mean, you guys may have talked about this before I got in, but – one this that stuck out just he took some vicious yeah, yeah, hits. Yeah. I mean, he's just willing to if, if he sees a throw that it's going to need one more second, and there's a guy that's three feet away, he'll wait. 
and he'll wear it just to, to make the throw. That's, that's pretty impressive. Which we learned during the game because Vahe brought up a clip of him with the Dolphins getting just absolutely crushed by, I think it was Bud Dupree against yeah, the Steelers in the playoff game. Playoff game, he got killed in that yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely killed. I think yeah. Vahe watched that. 20, 25 times on And every time, man, this is hard to watch. Hard to watch. Hard to watch. watch. Let me reply. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Eccles wanted to know uh, what we thought of the Andy Reid challenge flag early in the game. Bad challenge? Yeah, that was a bad challenge. Where's he he getting his information from? Because I doubt he just, I hope it was more than, hey, I just saw this on the Jumbotron and heard the crowd react. And I think we should give him more credit. I I assume it is more than that. Something in the headset came through. And the Packers always, and they're notorious for this, I mean, they always speed up to the line and make they the decision rush. tough yep. on, on the defense, which for years I've been saying, I don't know why every NFL team does, doesn't. Because it's not just about getting credit for a play that didn't happen. It's about doing exactly what happened tonight. You cost the Chiefs a challenge because your play was correct. And you rushed up to the line and made them rush their decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I had to, you know, again, you, you give out grades at the end of the I was kind of torn on the coaching because I thought Andy and the staff actually did a good job getting Matt Moore prepared. Yeah. But I thought that challenge flag and I thought the fourth and three call kind of spoiled things a little bit. It was a me. white flag, that, that fourth and three, that punt. And, and the explanation just didn't – that was rough too. Like we, we had momentum, so giving the ball to Aaron Rodgers at the end of the game wasn't <laughs> that big of a concern. It's just like, come on. Right. I didn't like that either. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's bring this in for a landing. Um, looks like Vahe is going to stiff us once again. again. Once again, Vahe, but you know he, what he's writing is going to be good because he's using his two fingers to craft it uh, <laughs> on, on the keyboard. Um, so uh, we'll we'll wrap it up here and and, uh, and head home. We'll be back with you on on Thursday from Big O Tires at the Legends in KCK. Looking forward to that. Um, so for Sam McDowell, Herbie Teope, Sam Melliger, Beth Welsh, who was our producer. Thanks, Beth. We will talk to you again on Thursday. Good night. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And... As always, thanks for listening.